The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. For sure. I think that's got to be one of the key gratifications that we get as equippers is that kind of, you know, the the evidence of transfer, right? <laughs> Some, something's right. being imparted Absolutely. to someone else. That's a big part of our reward, I think, that we get as leadership equippers. Absolutely. And yep. it also begins to put, over time, begins to put the organization, the effort, the mission, all of those things into a lot better place. I'm Absolutely. sure you saw a bunch of that, both in the military space as well as in your coaching career. Mm-hmm. Would you go over that just one more time? Because I want to make sure people get a clear handoff. Uh, the four L's that you mentioned that are uh, contained, I believe mm-hmm. you said, in the Covey book. Was it principle-centered leadership or is it, is it another one? I'm, I'm sorry I spaced on that a little bit. This was in his book called First Things First. And it was, I think it was in between. Now, principle-centered leadership came right after the seven habits. And then right after that, he developed the time management matrix, and he got deep into the effective use of a leader's time. But Mm -hmm. the four L's of motivation, the first, if you could visualize drawing on a whiteboard a circle, and you would put the first L, it's to live. Okay. To live, every individual wants a certain level of security. They want to come to work and feel secure in their job. So they want good feedback on their performance. They want good understanding of their job. The essential part of that L is security. They want to live. The second L is love. Again, you, you draw another circle and they're, they're first they're, they're separate. Love means they want to have good quality relationships at work. They want to be part of a team. They want to have good, I want to say fellowship. We can go into the corporate world of fellowship, but they want to enjoy the people that they work with. They want to have relationships. If you look at some of the highest performing companies, they work together, they play together, they have relationships 
inside of work and outside of work. The third L is to learn. You know, they want to learn something new. They want to, they understand that all good advances occur at the edge of their knowledge base, their knowledge level, mm. and they want to expand right. that. So they, they always want to be taught to expand what they can do. And the fourth L is leave a legacy. They want value. They want to do a job, put their initials on it, claim it as theirs, and be proud of it. So when they come to work and they're doing the same thing over and over and over, they don't get that sense of learning or the legacy. I've Mm. attended several keynote addresses from Stephen Covey. And one of the first things he would always ask is, how many of you have people within your organization that can do more than their job description calls for? And virtually every one of them would turn around and raise their hand. And the four L's allows a manager to spend quality time in all four of those areas with each person on his or her team. And over Mm -hmm. time, those circles converge. And that fire that burns within when they converge, that is motivation. Wow. Kind of like where all those circles overlap creates kind of a interesting visual it also is a con it represents a concentration of intensity there when it comes to motivation correct absolutely that's what it's all about can you i know we're we're on the other side of mics here but do you see some light bulbs going off on the other side over here (laughs) i I know you can't see me but but it's happening it's happening michael thank you for that that's really cool so just to chase i just want to reiterate those four L's. And of course, there's there's a copy out there on from Covey's books, which we'll backlink mm-hmm. some of that stuff here in the in the show notes so that folks can get to it easy. But it's live, love, learn, and legacy. So just in a recap there. Mm-hmm. Live, learn. I'm sorry, live, love, learn, leave a legacy. Yes, sir. I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. That's okay. I just just want to recap that so folks can kind of commit. Now, the point I was trying to make, when I'm one-on-one with executives, uh, I, I guess I should say when I used to be, because I'm no longer, I'm no longer working, when I sat them down and did a time analysis and had them write down every 30 minutes what they did the previous 30 minutes and had them do that for four days. And then when we would get together, I'd have them put an L beside every line item that involved interaction with people and an M with everything they did that involved 
budgets or things, resources, processes, and et cetera, and then look at it. And they would invariably see that 90% of their time was focused on things. And it should be the other way around. And if you're going to get involved with these four L's, you've got to turn that time picture on its end and spend a lot of time talking to your people, coaching, counseling, interacting, finding out what is making them tick, finding out where they want to go, where do they see themselves, how can I move the oil spills out of the way and allow them to take off, knowing that you're going to probably lose a few of them because they're going to be ready to be promoted and you might not have a spot for them. (laughs) And that has happened. A little bit of risk there, but worthwhile because you're making an investment in someone. Yeah. I think that goes to the legacy part, right? Yep. I've seen people get to a point where they got promoted, went and took a different job in a different organization. But because of their interaction with that leader came back when that opportunity presented itself because of that level five leader. If you read Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, he talks about level five leadership. And people will always come back to a level five leader. I'm taking notes here. (laughs) Thank you for that, by the way. I think Mm -hmm. that's got to be a big gratification for every leader who is generous to their staff in a way that creates risk. In other words, you equip your staff or you equip your mm-hmm. your team at the individual level with the skills and capabilities necessary to function at higher levels. That's an expression of generosity. It creates a risk, as Correct. you say there. But it to does. see that come full circle, it's got to be incredibly gratifying for that Level five leader that you're talking about, of course, quoting Collins there mm-hmm. in terms of the characterization, that's powerful. What what else comes to mind mm-hmm. regarding that? And then we're going to wrap up because we're going to be out of time. Okay. Yeah. What else comes to we We could talk. In fact, we should. If I didn't have to break the ice to get to you, we could sit down for coffee sometime soon. I know. Kansas City's mm-hmm. frozen. Oh, right I'd now. love to. Yeah. And we should. And, and I'd look forward to that. But just in the In thinking about the level five leadership, you kind of opened the door there a little bit. Can you say or elaborate a little more on that? And then we'll wrap it up uh, with some details about how folks can find out more. And maybe if they wanted to be in contact with you to try to persuade you to come out of retirement, they probably won't be able to do that. (laughs) But but yeah, what about level five leadership? They have to work on my wife. I'll come out (laughs) easy. But there's a gentleman that, I worked for for many, many, many years, and he's another one that I think you should try to reach out to. His name is Paul De Palma, and he's in Orlando, 
And okay. he's the president and CEO of a company called Adept Leadership. And I worked for him and with him for many, many years. He is one of those guys. I mean, every time he's still a good friend of mine and we'll talk and he'll always say, hey, I've got some clients out there in the Midwest. You can definitely come out of retirement and and go help me out. And Margie will always say, don't you even think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, she she knows your contribution over time, you know, and the balance of it. She wants it to tip back in her direction. I Mm -hmm. well, Yeah. Just to get back. So I know we're almost running out of time. I mentioned level five leadership in the book. Good to great. He talks about or writes about what makes a level five leader. Level five leaders display a mixture of personal humility and an indomitable will. It's almost like they're servant leaders. He talks about how Eckert's drugstores were always right around the corner from Walgreens. And Walgreens was equipped with a level five strategy of leadership, and they thrived where Eckerd's did not, even though they were in the same market selling the same things. He basically talks about how they're quiet, reserved, they're more cerebral in their demeanor, and they just attract people through inspired behaviors. And it's it's a matter of growing through a pipeline of transition that gives them the ability to learn through watching, observing, and modeling great leadership behaviors. So, you know, I can't remember too much more without breaking out the book. <laughs> but it was right, one of right. those go one of those go-to reference books that should be in everyone's leadership library. Now before yes. he died, yeah. S- Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Eighth Habit, which okay. compounded or overlapped the idea of, you know, going from good to great. The seven uh, habits basically okay. were how to become good. I mean, one of the beginning paragraphs of the book, he talks about how the reason we don't have great schools is because we have a quest to have good schools (laughs) so you think about that wow yeah everybody (laughs) wants to go to a good school but what really makes a school go from good to great your teachers have to be taught this level five concept and i believe the union 
behaviors of conformity won't allow that. <laughs> but that's just mm. my opinion. Right, right. Well, I think clearly if the goal is good, mm-hmm. your chances of, yep. use, of reaching great are extremely unlikely. Correct. The light bulbs are, are going off again over here, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> but well, well you, think about you, think about this, and mm-hmm. think about this. Stephen Covey says, "True effectiveness when it comes to leaders is developing the ability to communicate someone's worth and value so explicitly and continuously." until they come to believe it in themselves. So can you imagine if teachers swallowed that, where they told their kids in their classrooms, inspired by the four L's of motivation, what results they would produce? Mm. It would it's be mind-boggling. Some powerful ideas. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Powerful ideas there. Yeah. What a, a great combination of those two disciplines. Obviously, they, in this case, they both come from the same source, maybe different mm-hmm. books, but the, it was Covey who was, who was sharing that. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. That's powerful. Well, let's get back together soon with and without a mic. Okay. That's my hope. I, you bet. Uh, I would love Anytime. to do it again. So far, we've referred to Covey's uh, Seven Habits. We've referred to also Level 5 Leadership, which was, you know, in Good to Great from Jim Collins. And then we talked a little bit about the Eighth Habit. Of course, there's a lot of other things that have been woven in there from your personal experience, as well as probably other sources. So Mm -hmm. we'll refer to all these in the show notes. If there's someone who wants to reach out to you, Michael, for a point of clarification or just to say thank you, would you want to share your email or anything of that kind? And we'll include sure. that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. MS Pollard 0927 at Gmail. Feel free. Okay. Yeah. We'll put that also in the show notes for folks who are driving so that they can they can mm-hmm. click through when they're stopped and, and not have to remember that reference. And we'll also include the other references in the show notes. Really, really appreciate and consider it highly valuable time spent here, Michael. Thank you very much for being with us. Many blessings to you and your family. Uh, And and to you. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Thank you. You Thank you much. My pleasure. We'll do it again soon. All right. And I am Scott McClelland with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. This will be broken into two episodes, and we'll include in the show notes what you need reference to. Thank you so much for being here. Do share this with someone you think will be encouraged by it, and we will look forward to seeing you downrange on the Leadership Moment. If you need to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.